How's everybody today? Good? Good. I'm glad. It's good to see you and uh, glad to have you here. If you're a first-time guest, welcome to, our, to North Star. North Star is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody is perfect, and anything is possible. If you believe that, give God another praise clap today, both of our campuses. We welcome those that are joining us online, and uh, Tupelo Campus just joined us, and uh, make some noise for them. We exist as a church so that those that are far from God will draw near to Him through the power of Jesus Christ. This has been a great week. It's going to be another great week this week. You know why? Because God is God and we're not. You got it. We would really, we do mess things up, amen? And so it's been a good week. We traveled to the Baptist Children's Village in Independence yesterday, 16 guys from both of our campuses. And uh, just look at the, I don't know if we've got it, but uh, look at this rough group of men. We must not have it. There it is. At least it's here. And uh, wow, tough looking men. And uh, the seven lawnmowers, riding lawnmowers, uh, two or three push mowers, about four weed eaters, and three and a half hours, we mowed 18 acres. Yeah. And so I'm moving kind of slow this morning, but it's great. It's great. Be listening for opportunities like that to, to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And as you've already heard this morning, Mother's Day is going to be an incredible day, so please don't miss it. And it's not going to just be incredible because of everything going on, but it's like the Celebrate Recovery, one of the strong ministries of our church is going to have some sweets for us to indulge in. And we're excited about that, coconut cake. Um, Look, I know you love me, but don't buy me a coconut cake. Buy it and give it to me. I'm going to give it to somebody else. And I'll, I'll tell you why later in the message today. But uh, we're looking forward to that. This week is the gum tree run. And we've, that's, I think that's our first ministry that we actually did outside the church. And we've been doing it all these 11 years. And so we're excited about that. You can find out more about that at the uh, guest services. And then today is, one, is 401. We don't do that every month, but man, I'm pumped about it today because we're going to talk about mission and missions today. That's 401. All right. Are you glad you came to church today? All right. Good. We're going to get into the Word. We're in a series called Awakening 2017. Awakening uh, 2017. In the, the first week, we, lo- we looked at the subject of, of how God, the analogy of how God rains, brings, sends the rain down from heaven to water the earth. The earth takes it, it receives it, it produces crops and seed for the sower. We talked about how if we really want awakening, because I hear people say things like, I just don't seem to have the, the, the ump, I just don't seem to have the, the passion, I just don't seem to have the momentum, I just don't seem to have the feeling. And by the way, you're not going to always feel it. But you've got to push through, crash through those quitting points. And, and you know, we're going to look at 
sometime in the coming weeks of how the disciples were on the mountain with Jesus. Woo, it was great, but that's not where they were called to be. That's where they were supposed to be at that time. But then they had to go down into the valley. That's where our calling is. And, and so sometimes you're not going to feel it. But the, as the rain comes from heaven, so it does his word go to us. And just as the earth receives the rain, come on church, we've got to receive his word. And if that's all we do, we're, we're just going to uh, be bloated. And so what we, we do is we respond just as the plants grow just as the Word of God grows, and then we repeat it. And then last week, uh, we talked about how, how Jesus uh, worked a miracle and how he spoke the Word and just said, even before he healed the guy, he said, your sins are forgiven. And if that's the only miracle that took place that day, that's the greatest miracle that took place that day because I had be, rather be a paralyzed saint than a walking sinner. Mm-hmm. No, you didn't get that last week because I didn't think about it. And, and so, uh, people distinctively, I said this, people distinctively know that when you come into the presence of Jesus, something supernatural, life-changing, and miraculous is going to happen. So, I, I hope today, if you, as you come into the presence of Almighty God, and as you come into the presence of Jesus, you'll leave here not the same as you were when you came in this place today. Now, our text for today is found in Luke. So, take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 5. I hope you brought your Bible with you. Either turn it on or turn to uh, this passage, or if you didn't, forgot it or whatever, it's on the screen. And I'm going to begin reading in Luke chapter 5, a few verses here, beginning with verse 1. The Bible says, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the Word of God. And that's a, a good reminder to us that we need to be listening to the Word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for catch. And uh, you've got to understand, Jesus was a carpenter. Simon was a lifelong fisherman. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partner in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boat so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' Jesus's knees and said, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all the, the companions were astonished, astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. 
Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity. God, just to come together in in your house on your day to come into your presence. And we ask God that you do the supernatural, the life-changing, and the miraculous in and through us. Bring awakening to our hearts spiritually. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. I like this passage because it, it, this is the passage actually that, that reminds us that Jesus, of the place where Jesus was calling his disciples to be fishers of men, all right? Matthew 28, 19 through 20, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is the, the passage where Jesus called the disciples and they first heard him say, follow me and you are going to be fishers of men. You've been fishing for fish and stinking all this time. Now you're going to fish for men. You may be stinking doing that too, but you're going to be fishing for men. But the idea here uh, that I want to look at for just a few minutes t- today is not so much on where Je- how Jesus was telling them that they were going to be fishers of men. You may never have seen it preached like this before, and, and I- I'm just thinking they... They dropped their nets, they left their boats, they left everything, and they followed Jesus. But what is the premise of that? What's the foundation of that? And that's what I want us to look at today, and I'm going to talk today on the subject, put out in the deep. Put out in the deep water. And so, I just want to sort of begin by saying, look, putting out in the deep, and, 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 and this is kind of where I'm going with this. The deep for you and for the disciples in context was not so that they would get a lot of fish because everybody knew that you didn't fish in the deep water in the daytime. The point is, it was where Jesus told them to go. Are you with me? And so, so the deep for us is where God wants us to go. It's not just hearing it, it's putting it into action. We hear it all the time. I stand up here and I talk just about every week. And it's one thing just to hear it. James, James chapter 1, you don't have to turn there. I just want to read it because I hadn't planned on this, but I want to read it, uh, uh, not just quote it. He says, don't merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. And so the point is, is that we we don't just need to come to church and hear the, the preaching and hear the word of God as it is delivered. We need to put the word of God into practice. Now, this is what I know. I know that uh, knowledge is not the key. I know we think that if I can just be in that Bible study and do this online study and read version every day, which I do, I have a reminder on my phone. So a preacher has to be reminded to read the Bible. Yes, I do. 
because I, I want to have that discipline. But it's more than just coming to church and hear the Bible taught and reading it and being a part of this group and that group. It's, it's, it's about uh, putting it into practice. Knowledge is not the key, but action is the key. Knowledge is not the key, but action is the key. If it's just knowledge, I mean, we're soaking all this in, we're going to get spiritually bloated. So I'm going to attempt to give you about three things that I believe will help you and help us to put out in the deep. Remember, remembering where the deep is. The deep is the place that God wants us. And another analogy would be just how we like splash around in the shallow water. I believe spiritually God wants to take us into the deep. But regardless of that analogy, the deep is wherever God wants you to be. So the first one that I want to give you, and this isn't rocket science, okay? If I'm preaching it, 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 it's not rocket science. The first one is um, you have to be obedient. You have to be obedient. As I said, you can't, you can't just hear it. You've got to put it into action. And if you're going to go where God wants you to go and have the awakening spiritually that God wants you to have, oh, I just, I'm just so tired. We're, we're running here. We're running there. I'm a part of this. I'm a part of that. And then, I, then Sunday's here. No wonder I'm tempted to play golf or to sleep in. Well, you're missing something. It's not just inconsistency on, on your part or my part. It's disobedience. And so you have, you have to obey. You know, I, I really believe that it is the desire of everybody here, I would assume, to obey. I don't think anybody would say, nah, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's the desire of everybody to obey. The writer uh, Moses had just finished um, getting the Ten Commandments. And he closes out chapter 5, verse 33, by saying this to the children of Israel. And just as it was applicable for them, it's applicable for us. Deuteronomy 5.33 says, walk. Say walk. That's action. That's, that's doing it. Don't just hear about it. Do it. Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you. After he had gotten the Ten Commandments, now he's saying this as a final challenge in chapter 5. Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you possess. Now, I'm just reading this. This is just me. But I'm reading this, and I'm thinking, all right, and I've read this a hundred times or a thousand times because I'm a preacher, and I probably have preached from this many times. And it says, and I, a preachers read a lot of the Bible. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. I mean, I just got through telling you that I have to have a reminder. I'm reading this and I'm thinking, do this so you get this. Did you see that too? Walk in obedience and all that the Lord thy God hath commanded you. So, there's the word so. So, you may live and prosper. 
Now, I'm not preaching a I don't preach a prosperity gospel, but the Bible does teach about prosperity. It says, so that you will prosper and prolong your days in the land that you possess. Hmm. I, I don't want to live so old that people are having to take care of me and, and all that stuff. I don't want to die young either. But I'm thinking he's giving us a um, blueprint of how we're to live our lives. It's to walk in obedience. And so we need to have the desire to walk in obedience. Um, so I've always, don't laugh at me, okay? I'm, look, I'm just going to be transparent this morning. I've already been transparent in the green room with the worship team. So just laugh later. Uh, I've always had a desire to have six-pack abs. Now I'm sucking in right now not to make it look any worse than it really is. I've always wanted six-pack abs. You know what I'm saying? And where you could wash clothes on them. And occasionally and sometimes consistently and sometimes not so consistently, I go to the gym and I will do crunches and sit-ups. And it, it's not in my genes. Um, it's, really, it's not in my DNA for that to happen. I like six-pack abs. I've got two-liter abs. Um, but thank you. I'm feeling the love this morning. Uh, the reason I don't have them, though, is because I lack the discipline, and I like golden flake. Please take notes this morning. Golden flake, not sweet, not good, not some kind of barbecue, hot barbecue. People have been really nice to me, and I don't have the heart. I'm doing it right now. I'm being very honest. They occasionally will bring me a bag of golden flaked potato chips. Nobody ever gets, the, gets it right, though. It's the hot ones. Say hot. Reel myself back in. Um, so... I don't have six-pack abs because I lack the discipline not to eat carb so many carbohydrates, such as Golden Flake hot barbecue potato chips and coconut cake. And so this is, this is what's true for us also in the Christian life. Hmm. So, man, we were laughing, and, and that was funny, and whoo, you threw us a curveball. Yeah, that's right. That's for many of us, that's the same thing that happens in our Christian life. We want the blessings, but we don't want to go the way of the obedience. Oh, God, uh, uh, bless my finances. But 10%, I mean, I mean really, uh, that's, that's steep. We're upside down in this car, and we owe so much on this. Okay, just read the Bible because it says, what will happen when you do tithe? We want the blessings, but we don't want the sacrifice. We want the blessings, but more so, we don't want the obedience. God, bless this relationship. Bless our relationship. We'll quit having sex outside of marriage. Oh, God, open the door for me. I want this job so bad. I want this so bad. And God says, uh, try going through the doors that I've already opened for you. See, we want the blessing without... The obedience. And this is what I know. 
We desire it. But we need to make sure that our discipline matches our desire. I hope you're writing this one down. I hope that uh, you're writing it down. We need to make sure that our discipline, I want this, matches our desire. And if you have a desire to obey God, get in a, in a, uh, uh, get in a, a way of discipline. Let a discipline take place in your life so that you can walk in his ways and obey his word. But sometimes we lack that discipline. Uh, one time, um, Samuel was talking to, to Saul. And Saul had just um, offered a tremendous sacrifice to the Lord. And this is what Samuel said to him in chapter 15, verse 22. Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? And his point was this, to obey is better than sacrifice. It is to heed is better than the fat of ram. And so what he is saying is... To, to Saul, he says, Saul, you've, you've offered God all of this sacrifice. The battle has been won, and you've offered him the sacrifice. But, but Saul, Samuel said, to obey is greater than sacrifice. Because I think that's so important for us today because we, we, sometimes we, we do sacrifice things. Sometimes we do sacrifice our time. Sometimes we do sacrifice things in order to be a part of things. But the Bible teaches that obedience is even greater than that all the sacrifice that Saul offered up, obedience is, is greater than the sacrifice that we are making. Are y'all receiving this today? Okay. And so, let me give you the second one. The second one is, not only you have to be obedient, if you want to go to the deep, want to go in the deep with God, wherever that is for your life. Number two is, you've got to leave the shore. Hmm. I know that sounds so simple and you're thinking, man, that guy up there, he is smart. He's a scholar. Uh, if you want to go into the deep, you've got to leave the shore. And a lot of the times, a lot of us are, are jumping around and splashing around. If I had six-pack abs, man, Anyway, I wouldn't be jiggling around. Um, and we're splashing around in near the shore. And we need to go into the deep. We need to go wherever God is leading us, but oftentimes we don't leave the shore. We're, okay, we, we, we go to church and, and occasionally we might go to small group and we might serve, we might give, but God is wanting to take us. He wants to bring awakening to us. He wants to take us into the deep things of God. He wants us to, to go and us follow wherever he leads us. And it sounds so simple. Leave the shore. You just leave the shore. Duh. And it seems so easy, but I have found in my life that the things, just because they're easy, excuse me, just because they're, uh, it, they're simple, doesn't mean that it's easy. 
Just because it sounds simple, leave the shore, doesn't mean that it's easy. I was thinking about these disciples taking this advice from a carpenter and I'm thinking, why, why were they at the shore? Well, they, they were at the shore because they, they had fished all night and didn't catch anything. And Jesus said, launch out into the deep. Seemed so easy. So simple. And I thought, well, why, why do we in our Christian life not go into the deep? Why do we stay on the shore? And I, I thought of two things. One is because we're, we're comfortable on the shore. We're comfortable on the shore. Um, one of our favorite places to go, and we haven't been in several years, but uh, Lord willing, and if it's before Jesus returns, we're going to go back to Daytona. It's one of our favorite places in, even in all the world. But um, I like the beach, and um, I, I like to set, set up our, our chairs, put our towels out here, our, our water, and our, my iPod, my, my music. And it's comfortable on the shore. Occasionally, I'll get up just to kind of cool off. I'm talking, I'm not wearing 50, I'm wearing 12, okay? I'm on a tan, and I look like a beach 12 out there, but it's okay. I'm on vacation, and I'm on the shore. I don't care to, uh, I want to do other things like deep sea fishing some, uh, sometimes and do other things, but I like the shore. It's comfortable. It's my comfort zone. And one reason that we don't go into the deep, those places that God is leading us, is because we're so comfortable on the shore. I'm thinking about Abraham. It wasn't comfortable for him when God called him to leave the Ur of the Chaldees, the place that he was living, to go somewhere. He said, where? Just go. It wasn't comfortable. It wasn't comfortable for, for Noah to, to preach all of those years to the people, preach repentance and build this ginormous ark. But he did, and he was obedient. It wasn't easy for Moses to go before Pharaoh and say, let my people go and, and, and to approach him. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy for Nehemiah to, to go to the king and ask permission to go back to Jerusalem and build the walls. It wasn't easy for him to take that journey and to go back and build the walls. It wasn't easy for Nehemiah when Sanballat and Tobiah were making fun of him and ridiculing him, said, even if a squirrel jumps up on the on that wall that's going to fall. It wasn't easy to follow God. I, I got some more. It wasn't easy for Daniel to be thrown into to the lion's den, okay? But he followed God in obedience. It wasn't easy for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be thrown into the fiery furnace, even though the, the, the flames killed those that were throwing them down. The Bible says they would not bend to Nebuchadnezzar. They would not uh, bow, and they would not burn. And they looked down in there, and there were, it looked like four of them in there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the fourth one looked like the Son of God. I'm telling you, it wasn't easy for them to do those things. You, you want another one? It wasn't easy for Paul to, to be bitten by vipers and beaten 
by his captors and thrown into a prison where he spent most of his life. It wasn't easy, it wasn't comfortable, but he did it because he was obedient. It wasn't easy for the Lord Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane praying, is there any other way? Nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done. Taking up your cross is doing the will of the Father, even at the expense of yourself. It was not comfortable. And this is what I know, that he was obedient even unto death. You see, God has not called you to a life of comfort, but to a life of purpose. He created, created you on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. It's, it's not so you'll be comfortable. We're not always comfortable doing the work of God. But number one, we must, we must uh, obey. We have to obey. And number two, we must leave the shore. Why don't we leave the shore? Because it's comfortable there. But second, sometimes we don't leave the shore because we're anchored to the wrong things. And we're anchored to the things on the shore. And not always the things that we're anchored to are bad things, the wrong things. They're not always bad stuff. It's just that sometimes it's not the best stuff. Sometimes I'm anchored to things and I'm not going with God into the deep because I'm anchored to things on, on, on the shore. Hobbies and recreation. Those aren't bad things. Ball games. Those aren't bad things. Sports. That's not, those aren't bad things. Vacation. That's not bad things. There are some bad things that we can be angered to that are keeping, keeping us on the shore. That, that's, it, it, they're prohibiting us and causing us not to go into the deep with God. And we're anchored. There's a, I, I, I used to fish more than I do now, but um, uh, a drift anchor. I almost could get the word out. It's so far removed from my mind. A drift anchor. A drift anchor is really made for the shallows. It's made really to like slow you down, not to anchor you down. A drift anchor. And I think a lot of times that's the way we are in our Christian walk is we have a drift anchor that's slowing us down and, and we're, we're out a little bit from the shore, but it's still our comfort zone is to be close to the shore. And we're like, the drift anchor causes you to go with the current. And we need to be anchored. First, we need to be in the deep with God, the deep with Jesus. And in case you didn't know this, when you follow him in obedience, you can be anchored. You are anchored to him. The writer of Hebrews says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. We have an anchor. And when you decide that, yes, I'm going to go out in the deep. And yes, I'm going to make that decision for Christ. You can rest assured that you're going to be anchored to Jesus. And he's going to be with you every moment 
of your journey of, of obedience. The third one, I want to read our text in verse 4. It says, when they had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put it out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. I will let down the nets because you said so. When they had done this, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So you have to be obedient. You have to leave the shore. And third, you have to trust Jesus. You need to trust Jesus. And when, when he says, go, you go. When he says, I invite you to this part of my plan to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, you've got to trust him. You've got to say yes to him. Because this is what I know. It doesn't make sense sometimes. To Peter, it didn't make sense. He's a carpenter. I'm a fisherman, all right? Guys, he's telling me to go out into the deep. Everybody knew that in Galilee, in the Sea of Galilee, you fished not in the deep in the day, but in the shallows at night. That's the way it was. It doesn't make sense, Peter said, but, but uh, uh, because you said so, I'll do it. It may not make sense for you to go on a mission trip. But Lord, because you said so, I'm going to do it. Because you said so, I'm going to do it. It may not make sense to give up an extra 30 bucks a month to support an orphan in Matal. Katali, Kenya. But God, because you said so, I'm going to do it. It may not make sense for you as a single mom working two jobs to get up early and to dig into the Word of God. God, because you said so, I'm going to do it. It may not make sense for you to teach all week, pulling your, your old hair out, and then come to church on Sunday and be the hands and feet of Jesus to the children. But because you said so, I'm going to do it. It may not make sense for you to give your spouse a second chance after all that has been said and all that has been done. But because you said so, I'll do it. It may not make sense for, for you to work six days a week, sometimes seven, but power through 
come to church anyway. Because you said so, I will do it. This is what I've learned. It's often in the places that don't make sense that the greatest miracles happen. It's often in the places that don't make sense that the greatest miracles, the greatest move, the greatest awakening of God happens. It may not make sense, but you have to be obedient. You have to leave the shore. And you've got to put your trust in Jesus. Father, thank you for today and for the word. And God, there's not a person in this room, there's not a person at the Tupelo campus that doesn't need a fresh anointing, a fresh touch. God, help us not to just hear about being obedient and feel warm and fuzzy inside when we leave. God, help us to leave here having already said, but because you said so, I'll do it. Maybe today you realize that you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ. And I want to give you an opportunity at this moment of our service to say yes to Jesus. If you're ready to do that, just say these words to him, not just repeating words because there's nothing magical about my words. I'm just guiding. I'm just giving you an example. It's, it's from your own heart. It's putting your trust in what Jesus did on the cross. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Lord Jesus, I believe that you went to the cross to pay for my sins, a debt that I could not ever pay. And I believe that you, you were put in a tomb, and on the third day you rose victoriously. Today, in this place that I'm at today, I turn from my sins, I repent, and I turn to you, Lord Jesus. Come live in my heart. I put my trust in you, and I follow you today. Now, if that was your prayer, from a sincere heart, the very first thing I think you should do is thank God because you just got born again. The second thing is we want you to fill out the card on the handout that you got. You can put it in the buckets when you leave. Better yet, bring it to guest services because if you bring us that card, we have a book that we want to give you. Maybe your prayer today is, Lord, help me not to stay on the shore or in the shallows. Help me to follow you into the deep. I'm going to ask that everyone please stand both campuses, I want to pray over you today. Father, as I pray for every person gathered, I pray God for courage. I pray God for obedience. I pray God that for conviction. I pray God for direction. But God, I pray that we would be willing, even though it's not easy, and even though it doesn't make sense sometimes, 
I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would give us the strength, the courage, and the boldness to take that next step, whatever that next step is with you, that, God, you would help us to take that step. God, we love you. And we thank you for meeting us at church today. And we, we just pray, Lord, that you would take these closing moments of worship and speak to our hearts in Jesus' name.